everyone. Welcome back to Cutie Chat Podcast. This is Mary. And this is Daryl. And this is your one-stop shop for all things related to the quarantine, current events, what's trending, what's hot, what's interesting, what's not, um, our faith, our inspiration, our motivation, and everything in between. Thank you so much for coming back to us today. And we're going to just jump right into it. Today we're going to talk about the great debates, and that would be the presidential debate, the vice president the vice presidential debate, excuse me, and the super spreader, <laughs> our lovely, wonderful president. So, dear, I'm going to let you kick it off. Um, we want to open up talking about the presidential debate. Right, yeah. So, there was the first debate between Trump and Biden. Um, I, I don't remember the actual date, but the highlights from that debate were that uh, Trump, so, so basically the, the story was that it was very hard to watch, and it was because of Trump talking over uh, Joe Biden the whole time, not respecting the rules of the debate, talking over the the, uh, the debate moderator, Chris Wallace, who was from Fox News, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a horrible showing for our country and for the office of the president. Yes. Um, he even mocked Biden for having a big mask on his face when he came on the stage. Yeah, so Trump, as Mary said, mocked, mocked mask wearing, uh, tried to take advantage of Joe Biden's uh, stutter by, you know, purposely interrupting him, not letting him get any words out. Um, and just, I mean, he was talking about the guy's uh, son. I mean, yeah. he has one son who's he has a son who's, uh, you know, in the military. Deceased. Deceased in the military. And then, uh, and then, uh, the other son, uh, <laughs> I forgot, I, uh, forgot his name, but. Hunter and Bo. Yeah, the, uh, the one that was embroiled in the sort of U- Ukraine thing. Well, has a drug addiction that he is recovering from. So right. he was mocking his, his dead son and he mocked his son who is a struggling addict which I think most Americans have a one family member who has struggled in that way. And so it was just, it was tacky, it was tasteless, but it was signature Trump. And, you know, when you watch the debate, you would think, oh my gosh, Biden doesn't have it together, or he's senile, or that he can't get his thoughts straight. And then there were some speech pathologists that came forward and they were like, well, actually, no, what Trump did was a deliberate mechanism. When somebody has a speech impediment and you talk really loud and you cut them off and you talk over them, it becomes very difficult for them to be able to clearly articulate themselves because they're too frazzled or they're too overwhelmed. And Trump knew this, he prepared for this, and this was his strategy Uh, just out the gate. And I think one of the worst parts of the debate is when he failed to openly denounce white supremacy. And the reason why, he didn't want to denounce himself. And not only did he not denounce him, but he had a call to action. He told the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. So not only did he not denounce it, but he clearly was giving orders for his neo-Nazis to be lay in wait for his orders to attack its citizens. And just to sort of, so that sort of thing, stand back and stand by. So I learned this terminology, it's called a a dog whistle, Mm -hmm. which is uh, something that is a signal to those who 
recognize that signal, such as a dog whistle, which is a whistle that blows, that, that produces sound above what the human ear can detect, but the dog's ear is able to detect it. And just like this, it's an endorsement of the white supremacists. And a couple of days after that, there was a there was a uh, kidnap attempt on the governor of Wisconsin. Yes. And so many people have made a direct correlation between the president's own words and a kidnapping plot that was thankfully foiled by our own law enforcement. FBI, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it is... To say it's unprecedented is is putting it lightly. <laughs> right. To have a sitting president, you know, several times fail to denounce white supremacy. He had a chance at the Charlottesville riot where he said that there were good people on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been several incidents since then. Um, we've seen that there have been talking points to defend uh, Rittenhouse, the, the boy who, shooter, yeah. the shooter who crossed state lines into Wisconsin and killed two two people. There were there were talking points to defend him, right. defend his actions. And they raised half a million dollars for him, by the way, in his defense. Yeah. So, so. it's <laughs> it's just it's just further 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 proof that Donald Trump needs to be retired. Yeah. The good thing is that a lot of people, most people were disgusted by Trump. He was trying to rile up Joe Biden and then be able to claim victory for for having gotten under his skin, but Joe Biden stayed true to himself. He did. And he represented himself well and he came out looking like the bigger person which he is. Absolutely. And so this segues into um, our next topic, the super spreader, Trump. So not long after, I would say maybe a day or two after the debates, um, it was leaked that Hope Hicks, uh, one of Trump's top aides, tested positive for COVID. And she was on the plane with Trump. Subsequently thereafter, Trump, Melania, uh, they tested positive for COVID. Uh, Kellyanne Conway tested positive for COVID. Chris, Chris Christie, Christie, who prepped Trump for the debate, tested positive. And Kelly McEnany, the press, press secretary, secretary, Stephen Miller, Steve Miller, you name it. And 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 here's the thing: Senator Mike Lee, Mike Lee, yes, Senator Tom Tillis, who are both on the, uh, who are both on the Senate committee that is uh, supposedly uh, confirming Amy Comey Barrett. Right. Two of the Senate, two of the senators who were supposed to be doing that, came down with COVID, but they're still going through with these confirmations, even though these two senators are not present. Yes. Yes. Yuck. And right, it's 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 so gross because you know the way I learned the information, I was sitting up here thinking, okay, the the, the administration is coming forward, and you are the one who are like, oh no, oh no, that information was leaked. And then they tried to go out of their way to minimize all the information that was being given to the press. So let, let's talk about that really quickly. So the information came out that Trump had COVID. Over that weekend, at least 70% of the people did not believe Trump had COVID. 
And so there was a good amount of, I would just say, conspiracy stir as to whether or not this was actually true and what the actual game plan might be. I think many people thought that it was just a ploy to uh, sort of like take up uh, TV talk. Right. And And can you blame him? Right. No, I mean, not at all, not at all. Yeah, many people thought he was going to be like, yeah, I took remdesivir and now I'm totally fine. Right. As in, like, he didn't really have the virus and it was all a, a, ploy, a ploy to just show the American people that they could just beat it. But just going back really quickly, so what we learned at, after the fact is he knew he had it when he went to the debate. So let's start there, because they started him on medication before the debate. So he knew he had it. Then he went on to host a Rose Garden event, and that is what we're calling a super spreader event. That's what has been coined. Even the president of Notre Dame College, who is now being asked to resign, he has it. Guess what? He was at that event. A lot of the attendees that are at that event, because it was outdoors, but they also had an indoor portion of that event where people were mingling unmasked. They were not socially distanced. And then he had a fundraising event where a lot of his rich donors came to raise money for him, and they were all exposed. And there was even talk of people considering legal action against him for willingly and knowingly hosting this event and not putting any measures in place to protect these people. This man had knowledge that he had it. Yeah, Chris Christie was his uh, debate prepper, and then... Found out on the news. Didn't even get a phone call. Yeah, Chris Christie found out that he got COVID, that, that, that Trump had COVID from watching the news. And now he's actually in the hospital, uh, like, checked in, struggling with it, yes. Yeah, he's in the the risk category. He's in the risk category. And so, um, and and, and then we don't want to belabor this topic because we do want to address the VP debates, but just really quickly. So Trump ended up having to go to Walter Reed. He didn't want to go, and he was essentially... Uh, given an ultimatum like either you can go walking or you can go laying down on your back and so he went it was later released that he did have to be given oxygen even though he wanted to act like he didn't and there were a series of drugs that they were put pumping into the president and two maybe one or two days while he was staying at walter reed there was this huge brigade of just psychopaths outside of the hospital with signs in support of him. He left the hospital so he could drive by in his limousine or whatever, his motorcade, and he could wave to them. Well, yeah, so he took a joyride. He took he, a joyride. He didn't get checked out of the hospital. No, no. Putting his Secret Service at risk. And every, all the staff. All that, the hospital staff. Because he doesn't wear, you know, he's not a mask wearer. Not a mask wearer. And then a day later, he's released, not under the doctor's orders, but he checked himself out. And then when he got back to the White House, he took the mask off. Again, still contagious. And made a big speech from a balcony um, on the on the White House, and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, <laughs> "You you are literally the party of death. You didn't protect Americans when you knew, and you could have, and then when you got it yourself, you still failed to protect Americans and protect those around you that you allegedly love." I I just. 
we could go on and on talking about this, but now Trump is touting all the medications that he was giving. He's insisting that there's a cure. He's insisting that no one has to be afraid of COVID, that they can get it and they'll be okay. Don't fall for the okie doke or the hype. He has the best doctors, the best medicine, and the best resources at his disposal because he holds the highest office in the land. So if you're listening to us or know anyone, don't think that, that you can get COVID and bounce back in two or three days because you don't have the money or the medical um, team behind you that he does. And Lord knows what's really going on behind the scenes and what he's really like behind closed doors. We all know he's a charlatan and he's a poser. So do not trust or believe anything that he says. And this brings us to our next topic, the vice presidential, the vice presidential debates that happened since all of this went down. Setting the stage for that, they had to have plexiglass to protect Kamala Harris because who knows, Pence, they're saying he doesn't have it, but he definitely had a pink eye, which a lot of doctors are saying could be early indications of having COVID. And Daryl, I don't know if you wanted to chime in any about the VP debates. So yeah, the VP debates, they were separated, as Mary said, by plexiglass. This was sort of prompted by uh, Jamie Harrison, who did this, he was the first one that did this in his debates with uh, Lindsey Graham, and uh, and so uh, Biden or and so uh, Kamala Harris and Pence took this measure. Um, this debate was a little bit more like a regular debate. Uh, Pence was still talking over Harris a good deal, but Harris. Once again, she sort of uh, represented the platform of for for Biden and Harris, and uh, yeah, she presented herself really well. I think the big, the one thing that people like to talk about, or th that came out of this debate, was the fly that landed on Pence's head out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that. I think that was just the universe pretty much saying what everybody was thinking. The subject came up about systemic racism and just as he was about to undermine and lie and subvert the truth like they always do, a huge big black fly planted itself, nestled in the crust of his head and stayed there for three or four minutes and anything that came out of his mouth, I don't know if anybody knows, remembers, heard, or cared. Because flies are attracted to what? To crap. And everything that they represent and that they say and do is crap. And so the fly was just a pure symbolism of exactly what was happening in that moment. And what we all honestly think about this, the nature of of the vice president and the president and their entire administration. They are full of crap, they are crap, and even flies know it. Yeah, it was honestly the best part of the debate though. Um, people on social media <laughs> were talking about it and uh, SNL had a skit where they pointed out that the Republicans have conveniently just forgotten about Herman Cain, who has died from COVID, they, they mm. never even mentioned him. Never. And he came to the Tulsa rally. Right. On Juneteenth. Yeah. Or the day after, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the fly was 
It was sadly, sadly the fly did detract from like one of Kamala's uh, answers because it, we were so transfixed. But uh, whatever Pence thought he was going to do trying to minimize uh, sy systemic racism and minimize the administration's response to the pandemic was minimized within itself because of this fly. Right, right. <laughs> so that was great to see. It was, it was. I think Kamala showed us that if she had to step in and be president, she is more than capable of doing that. I think she articulated some very important details about her and Joe Biden's platform. I also think that she made a case for every woman, especially many women of color that are often over-talked, overlooked, underpaid, overworked by their white male counterparts, and how even in the face of the disrespect and everything else that has laid at her feet with grace, style, and elegance, she represented herself well, this country, what matters, and why it is time for us to have women leaders in this country. I would love to see her as a future president of this country, and if we get out there and vote, and we set a precedence that we will not accept this, and that it is time for Trump and Pence to retire, I think she definitely could be our future president if we do what's necessary to lay the groundwork for that. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. It was, like the last one, it was very impassioned because these are subjects that are just very sensitive to us and all of all of us, honestly, within the country and the world. And we just want to make sure that the seriousness and severity of these events are captured in, in this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back with another episode that's a little lighter, a little fun, a little more engaging with cultural events. Thank you guys so much. This is Mary. And this is Cheryl.